Well, Len used to have a very good shed. Fellows went to his shed every day and would sit around and talk. And poor old Jan's wife, she did quite a bit of catering and eventually she got tired of it and <laughs> said, yeah, you need to do something. And, and the Grenfell Men's Shed was the first rural shed in Australia. Welcome to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. My name is Kaya Handley. I'm a journalist and have had my own lived experience with mental health. This episode, we're focusing on loneliness and how isolation and loneliness is a big focus of mental health professionals in rural Australia right now. I can pretty confidently say that at some point in your life, you have felt alone. Even if you're surrounded by people, it's possible to feel lonely. And it's estimated that one in three adults are likely to be feeling lonely right now. More and more, loneliness is being linked to poor physical and mental health. Di Gill is a coordinator with the Rural Adversity Mental Health Programme, She says we're all at risk of loneliness, but there are some people from regional Australia at greater risk. I'm particularly concerned about our students, young people going to uni. It's a whole new environment, it's hard for them and quite lonely, even though they might be on campus with thousands of kids around them. Those other students don't have the same background experience that they have, so they find it hard to connect. When we're seeing our older people who are the government's encourage more and more stay at home for as long as you can so that loneliness of I'm in this house by myself and no one really comes to see me and then you know it can be you know farmers on property working by themselves particularly in these really bad drought times when they they have to be there to feed up every day make sure the water's there every day so they're not getting that opportunity to even get off farm. So when does loneliness become a problem? I think what happens is we confuse isolation with loneliness. So we can feel isolated and you don't have to be thousands and thousands of kilometres from people to be isolated. You can be isolated living in a high-rise building and just not know anyone around you. And staying that way then leads to loneliness. So loneliness is not feeling connected to people more than anything else. It's something that really needs to be dealt with before it then starts to deteriorate and become a mental health issue and then big problems. It starts to become a problem when we use that loneliness to have bad thoughts about ourselves and our own self-esteem and well-being. And when we start going, I'm lonely because no one cares about me. If your self-esteem's down, you can't see any value in your life or, or value in what you're about, why would anyone else? It's back to that old thing, if I don't love myself, why would anyone else love me? More research is being done into both the mental and physical health effects of loneliness. Kristen Schulich is the coordinator of the Older Persons Mental Health Team in Orange in regional New South Wales. She says these days, especially in regional areas, clinicians are keeping loneliness top of mind as they treat their patients. The concept of loneliness is something that we always think about and social isolation and how we can try and connect people back with what's important in their lives. 
for us it's making sure we ask those questions and that we identify it and if there's interventions we're trying to implement for a person, making sure that it meets the needs of that person. I guess for everyone it's kind of not one size fits all and so for us really incorporating the recovery model into our services and making sure that anything we do is driven by the people that we see. With an ageing population in Australia, mental health professionals are seeing firsthand the impact of loneliness as a key mental health concern. But it's not one size fits all. Kristen says loneliness for older Australians comes in many different forms. The people that we see in our service, some have had long-standing mental health conditions for a lot of their life, but now they're older, um, they've got more kind of comorbid physical health problems and their needs are best met by a specialty older person service. We then have other people that have never experienced a mental health concern throughout their whole life and it's the first episode for them. So it's quite confronting and, you know, where, where do you access help and support? Um, so they're probably the two main categories of people that we see. We see people also that live in residential aged care facilities and we see people in their own homes. We also have an inpatient unit specifically designed to provide inpatient support for older people experiencing acute mental illness as well. So we often see people at lots of different points of transition in their life. So we can see people that have just, for instance, moved into an aged care facility. So leading up to that, they've had possibly a loss of partner. They've had um, changes in their cognition, so their memory's not as good. Physical health concerns where they're now not able to mobilise as much as they would or they've become more socially isolated because they don't have transport or access to do things within their community. see people through retirement, um, which is also a significant life event that can Mm. impact on someone's mental health. So, yeah, transition and losing people, their, you know, social circles become smaller. So we get, we do see people at those kind of crisis point and key points in their life where things, they just need a bit extra support to get through that. So there's a, and promotion prevention. So we have a whole range of services to try and meet the needs of, at all levels for older people in our community. So how can you combat the feeling of loneliness? Digil says it's all about staying connected. Make a phone call. The first step is surely there's someone in your phone book or in your, your phone that you can ring up and say, hey, I just need someone to talk to. You've got 15 minutes. So start that conversation. If it's in the community, go and look at what's going on in your community. Is there a community garden? If you're a gardener, on the local council web pages, activities that you can look at what's going on, what activities are on. It's also there's the other side. Who do you know that may be a little bit lonely? So how about you ring them because they're having that trouble taking that first step and just say, I haven't seen you around or um, you're new in the area. Just start that that conversation so they feel welcomed. So it's not just on the part of the person that's lonely. The rest of the community needs to keep their eyes open for people who may be a little bit isolated, a little bit lonely and putting your foot forward to help them too. And that's where, in regional Australia, groups like the Country Women's Association or the Men's Sheds come in. They create a community who look out for and check on each other. Philip Diprose has been involved in the Grenfell Men's Shed since 2012. As you heard at the start of this episode, 
The Grenfell Shed was the first men's shed set up in a regional area. But even though strong connections were formed, the Grenfell Men's Shed was still rocked by tragedy when club president Len Wallace completed suicide. Len was a Vietnam veteran and found that one of the ways to help him manage the black dog was through creating things. So he ended up being a, a very talented sculptor and created all these wonderful sculptures and they used to have open days where people could come and visit. He actually came out to our place a week before committing suicide and um, we were talking about how we could work together on stuff and so it was all quite a shock for all of us when that happened and um, yeah, that was sort of where it started. How did this ripple through that Grenfell Men's Shed community? went right through the whole community because Len was so heavily involved. He used to be the welfare officer for the RSL. He was very focused on youth and the shed used to and still does get young blokes that are sort of at a bit of a turning point or the school's concerned about them and they'd come down to the shed and they'd garden or they'd make things or whatever during school time and it was about mentoring and giving them access to, uh, to men that could show them a good way of doing things. But tragedy can lead to change. And when approached by Arts Out West to create an art project about mental health, Philip Diprose wanted to include more than just the men's shed community. Well, what we actually did as a group, the precursor was to get the right people in the room to work out exactly what and how we're going to do it. With me being very keen on particularly youth and how we offer more for them locally, I went and saw the principal of the high school and asked him whether the school would be involved and he was immediately on board and then went and saw the social worker at community health and we ended up having basically put a put a working group together where we thrashed out that we wanted to write a song and part of that was understanding mental health issues in the bush and when you look at the age profile of uh, people in the Wet and Shire if you imagine a range of age groups from 0 to 85 plus what happens with the men is that Obviously, you have young blokes go to school and then high school, but many of them leave the district at the end of high school. Mm. So there's a significant decline in the numbers of people as they progress through that. And it picks up again when you get to about 40, 44. But what it means is that those that are left behind grieve for the mates that have gone away. And the other thing that happens with the over 70s, those fellows start losing partners and uh, they get isolated as well. So it became important to us that whatever we did, we engaged men of all ages. And then it was time to get musically creative. With the help of a songwriter, members of the Men's Shed and local high school, Sunshine on the Peaks was created. I'm dreaming of a mountain that frames the big red sky It's ancient trails Cast a spell The hawk and eagle fly The process to create a meaningful song with a positive mental health message started by looking around at the local landscape. Think of something significant in the Shire that we felt we wanted to write about and there was a very quick unanimous agreement that it would be about the Weddon Mountains. And then it was a brainstorm session on, okay, when you think of the mountains phrases come to mind one of the fellows came up with sunshine on the peaks 
which was pretty neat. And then the wording evolved to, okay, if you're talking about mental health and the ups and downs, then what's the opposing phrase to that? And that was, that was shadows in the gullies. There's been shadows in the gullies, dust and troubled times. It's a rocky track back home, a mountain I must climb. Strong, wise, undivided, why is my fate so decided? Still searching for the light I see. Still searching for the sunshine on the peak. And the finished product? Well, Philip says it has a message of community for everyone. It's about people that perhaps were local here. They're away. They've been doing it tough. They're thinking about their mates. They're thinking about home. It's about the mountain. So everybody has mountains and challenges that they deal with. Well, the song now lives forever, thanks to the internet and still brings a tear to Philip Diprose's eye when he hears it play, the lasting effects of breaking down barriers between the community, they're still visible in Grenfell. Because I hadn't met these ten young blokes before and I was down the main street in town and after the third songwriting workshop, young Jackson was across the street and he yells out, G'day, Phil! <laughs> <laughs> and I walked across to say good to him and I was really curious and I said, so what do you think of the song? And he said, oh, he said it's really sick. <laughs> And it was at that point I knew that we'd hit the mark with what we were trying to do. So. Dust and trouble times. It's a rocky track back home. The mountain I must climb. With the hawk and eagle, I am free. Free to feel and free to see. I finally found the light as I see. I'm glad to see the sunshine on the peak. And maybe we can all do something to stop ourselves and others from feeling lonely. Di Gill has some ideas that you just might be able to implement in your town. In the playground, you'll see there's a, a move in some schools where they have the lonely seat. And if some child is feeling lonely or don't feel they have a friend to play with, they can sit on that seat and other children will go up and say, hey, come and join our game. Or let's sit I think that's a wonderful initiative that if a child's sitting there that the other kids are aware that they need someone to talk to. Yeah, we need that as an adult as well, I think. Uh, maybe we can put out park benches saying, this is a lonely seat, feel free to talk to me. Or just a seat. Every cafe has a table dedicated to someone who's feeling a bit alone and then we can all meet up oh, with them. Wouldn't that be a great initiative? You've been listening to Let's Talk, a podcast about mental health in rural and regional Australia. If you or someone you know needs help, there are so many places you can turn. If you need someone to talk to, you can call the New South Wales Mental Health Line on 1800 011 511 or Lifeline on 13 11 14. You can also access a heap of information on the Centre for Rural and Remote Mental Health's website. That's www.crrmh.com.au.